Hello and welcome back to How About That Crypto. You are watching your daily crypto news and updates with your host, Bitcoin Stylist on Twitter and Bitcoin Hairstylist on Instagram. Monday through Friday, I explain crypto and Web3 while keeping you up to date on all the latest. Today's news stories are NFT lawsuit over stolen board eight yacht club. That's right. Yesterday we talked about the OpenSea hack. Well, a bit one victim thinks it's OpenSea's fault that he clicked a scammy link. Hmm, let's check that out. SEC lawsuit against Ripple Labs seems to have taken a turn for the worse. A turn for the worse against the SEC, that is. More on this exciting news in just a second. If you like or don't like the content, please let me know by leaving a, a, leaving a comment below. Please like and subscribe. And if you're watching or if you're listening on podcast, please give me five stars. And just to be clear and litigious, this is not financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. You can use the links below to do your own research. All right. Yesterday, I discussed OpenSea hack. It turns out it's, well, as, as we know, as far as we know right now, it is a phishing attack. And a phishing attack is basically when a person sends you a link or a text message, an email, something, and they get you to click on that link or give them access to an account whereby posing as somebody else. And so <clears throat> the phishing victim claims OpenSea showed negligence. And I'm very curious to see how this plays out. The fashionlaw.com reports that OpenSea named in a lawsuit after Board 8 NFT was stolen in a hack. Well, the, the uh, defendant's name is Timothy, let's see, Timothy McKimmy. Claims his Board 8 Yacht Club was stolen during a hack of OpenSea. And if you're watching on YouTube, then you can see I pulled up the lawsuit. You And if you're listening on podcast, uh, you can just click on the link in the description below to see the same picture. But it's a picture of a bunch of different Board 8 Yacht, Yacht Club NFTs. These are the NFTs that are going, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands to over a million dollars. Okay, so... Timothy McKimmy claims his Board 8 Yacht Club was stolen during a hack of OpenSea. Someone bought it for under $5, and now they're turned around to sell it for almost $600,000, which is pretty funny. You buy something for $3, $4, and now it's sold him for $598,000. It's pretty dope, and I wish I could get some my hands on something like that, but not if it was stolen from somebody. Okay, so we got a little excerpt from this here. And it says, it says, in terms of the fault of the part of open of the hacked OpenSea users, it has been reported that the hacker tricked victims into signing a partial digital contract for the NFT trade by way of a phishing email. So I don't know if that's called a hack. I never would have considered that a hack. It says the alleged vulnerability that led to the widely reporting phishing attack was known, or sorry, was not unknown to OpenSea, McKimmy claims arguing that OpenSea was aware of security vulnerabilities in its platform and that despite having full knowledge of these security issues, the, the popular platform did not properly inform its users and did not timely put adequate safety measures in place. So, so like I said, based on all the reports that I've had so far, this was no, there was no fault of OpenSea, but this guy is claiming that there there is fault on OpenSea's part. You know, maybe there was some, I don't even understand how there could be a vulnerability and you got an email and someone clicked on the email that gave them permission to steal your stuff. Um, 
So like Timmy claims that OpenSea knew the vulnerability, also that they failed to implement policies and procedures to secure assets. I wonder, maybe they need better security measures. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is something they could do. Maybe they, since they have in it, since they are helping uh, sell and it's a marketplace for assets that are over a million dollars, maybe they should be more secure like a bank. Um, he wants his board eight yacht club back, or he wants a million dollars. So I got this really awesome thing here. This, and if you're watching on YouTube, then you can see this is his board of yacht club. Someone listed for 255 e valued at just under $600,000. But this is the, uh, this is the most interesting part. Let's see right here. Having unsuccessfully attempted to resolve the issue numerous times with OpenSea, which has failed to reserve the transaction, returned the board ape and or provide adequate remedy, McKimmy filed the lawsuit seeking uh, over $1 million. As for what the value of the stolen ape NFT might be, the complaint states that is unquestionably has significant value, noting that Justin Bieber purchased board eight number 3001 for 500 ETH or $1.3 million at the time of transactions. Well, Bieber's board ape has a rarity score of only 53.66 and a rarity ranking of number 9777. Distinct from Bieber's ape, McKimmy claims that his ape NFT is actually significantly rarer than Bieber's, putting its value in the millions of dollars and growing as each day passes. You cannot make this stuff up. Like in a lawsuit, someone's saying, well, mine's better than Justin Bieber's. I mean, I feel for the guy. Don't get me wrong, but it's just kind of still like you got to laugh when there's time to laugh. And um, so the lawsuit... The uh, lawsuit includes concerns over over open over sorry concerns about oversee investors. So the guy is saying that he's not just doing it for himself; he's doing it for everybody in the world. He wants better security measures in place. And when you use OpenSea, you waive the right to trial. So it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. There is a disclaimer that says arbitration in New York, and it's all based on New York law. No lawsuits in Texas where this lawsuit's lawsuit is, is filed. So anyway, that's your update on the open sea situation. I thought that was fascinating. It is the first of its kind that I know of. There have been other lawsuits, but you know, nothing like nothing quite like this. You know, let's see if uh, he gets reimbursed because his is better than Justin Bieber's. The reality is, if you want to get into crypto, you are not you can't be some entitled citizen. You There aren't the same rules and laws in this space yet. You have to be vigilant. You have to take extra security measures, especially if you're dropping millions. You will be a target. We are all targets. If like I'm a target because I'm going to get up on YouTube and people can just figure out, oh, that guy must have crypto. Well, don't go too deep into my crypto wallet because you ain't going to get no million dollars, you know, but uh, I'm just saying this is why we need regulatory framework around this stuff. I do support some sort of measures. It'll be very interesting to see how this thing plays out. It's very unfortunate. I do feel for the guy. We People fall for these kind of these kind of attacks all the time and they don't result in loss of millions of dollars worth of stuff. So there are plenty of other victims of these scams. Maybe this will wake up these marketplaces for the, to the demand of the users. Maybe we'll see better security measures. Meanwhile, NFT sales on OpenSea have not slowed at all. And things just kind of took, kind of went back right back to where they were. Okay, so now for an update on SEC versus Ripple Labs. Uh, well, first, 
let me know what you think about this case. Do you think this person has any legs to stand on? Do you think that it's going to go, you know, be in his favor? Do you think Open Sea will try to make him whole? Or do you or you think they're going to be like, sorry, buddy, you know, you fell victim to a scam that had nothing to do with us? Or is Open Sea know something that they're not telling us? So I guess this lawsuit, no matter what you think of it, might turn out to be a positive thing. All right, moving on. Now for an up, sorry, leave a comment below. Let me know what you think. Uh, agree or disagree or something new, new thought to give. Now for an update on the SEC versus Lab, Ripple Labs. If you've been watching this news, news channel, uh, you will know that the biggest lawsuit right now that we have is the SEC versus Ripple Labs. This is this was filed lawsuit was filed at the end of 2020. It's been going on for over two years, or sorry, not over two years, over a year now. And uh, the whole argument is whether the crypto is considered a security or a commodity. A commodity is like cash; it has uses, and you cannot expect profits. A security is something that you as the buyer expect some third party to perform work to give to create profits and you will benefit from it well xrp is uh, ripple labs is saying that you can't expect profits from this this is a utility token this is cash this is used in a system for purposes you could speculate on the rise of the currency just like if you you know were some rich person back in the beginning of America, you could speculate that America is going to do well and buy their currency and hold on to it and hope that, you know, your your French francs uh, could buy less or more whatever uh, US dollars. So, so you could speculate on the value of a currency going up, but you can't expect it to go up based on the work of a third party. So, Anyway, if that confused you, the point is the security is like a stock and commodities like cash. So hopefully that clarifies things. Um, multiple former SEC officials have given gave speeches during the Trump administration. And they said that these are my opinions, but we at the SEC believe blah, blah, blah. So it's been really confusing because they're like, well, I said it was my own opinion. And they're like, but you also said we, the SEC. And then another... SEC official came out and said, we, the SEC, look at that speech, but this is just my opinion. So it's a bunch of BS. It is not their opinion. And I've been maintaining that position from the beginning. However, that is the SEC's position since they put that little disclaimer out, but created tons of confusion. So anyway, this was largely viewed as guidance to the industry by industry participants, especially because during the time, during this time, the SEC was deliberately not responding to inquiries on the SEC. That is documented fact. So you can go and do that research if you want. And I have left links throughout all of these episodes to verify all of this information, including the links below and links on all the other episodes that I report on this lawsuit. Now, let's not even talk about conflict of interest because each one of these people that gave those speeches said that Bitcoin and Ethereum are are not securities, but then turned around and filed a lawsuit against the number one competitor, Ethereum, which caused delisting of XRP and for the value to tank. And then they left the SEC and went to work at places where they were only working on investment firms that, that only invested in Bitcoin Ethereum. Okay, but that's conflict of interest. So that's not what the case is about. Anyway, the case is whether or not Ripple Labs sold XRP as a security or if it should be considered a commodity. Well, last week, Judge 
the judge ordered Ripple Labs turnover memos from their lawyers to see if they had any guidance from lawyers saying that, hey, you need to, you can't do this because the SEC is going to say this is security. So it turns out that even if the SEC is not giving you rules and they're being unclear on guidance, even with these speeches, from my understanding and from my research, it doesn't matter because if if you, the company or Ripple Labs went and and sought counsel to ask them, is this going to be a problem with the SEC? And the lawyer said yes, then technically you have already broken the law, even though there is no law to break. So that's an interesting point to understand. Well, let's start with the memos. Okay, so also Ripple argued, sorry, Ripple argued that they wanted uh, the emails that led up to these speeches that the SEC is claiming that are personal opinions. They want to see all the emails turned over. Okay, so now let's start with the memos. Protocol.com reports in an article entitled Ripple, Ripple Faced SR, XRP Risk with SEC in 2012 Documents Show. It says the memos indicated that Ripple sought legal counsel. Counsel explained that it would be considered, would be seen as a security. Ripple made some changes that resulted in a second memo. And the counsel said that it is not a security, but the SEC may disagree, meaning that you are taking a risk, but we don't think it's a security, but the SEC might disagree with their analysis. So Ripple claims a victory. I get a happy face. The industry gets a happy face. But I'm cautiously optimistic because this is by no means an absolute victory. But it looks good. It sounds good. However, I think we should wait and see, you know, as more analysis comes out and see how this impacts the case moving forward, because the SEC has not been able to comment on it. Now, let's get into the speech stuff, because there is also the situation issue with guidance by the SEC. And CryptoGlobe.com reports that uh, U.S. lawyer on SEC, on SEC, or sorry, U.S. lawyer on SEC versus Ripple lawsuit, SEC could lose both its pawn and its bishop. And I have that for you here. And like I said, if you're listening on podcast, you can see the links and description below. I'm just going to read an excerpt from this, so you can just follow along. And um, it says that the ongoing argument in the in, is that Ripple did not have notice. So the biggest defense that Ripple Labs has is that they did not have notice. It's called the fair notice. So SEC is like, we don't have to give you notice that you're breaking the law. You should already know that. And plus your lawyers told you that. Well, it's now it's like, I don't know if the lawyers exactly told you that. So we're going to have to fight this one out in court and let a judge decide on that. Uh, and they're like, well, what about all these speeches? It's like, well, for a long time, they were saying that these speeches were personal opinions. Well. The SEC says uh, that it's its own opinion, so they can't use it as, as defense. But Ripple has demanding that they prove this by showing the emails that led up to this speech. And the judge says that it's not privileged. So SEC, so there's this thing called deliberative privilege process, meaning that the government does not have to tell you how they came up with these decisions, because that could give you insight to how the government works and allow for bad actors to do things that are bad. And uh, so I have a little excerpt from this, artic this, this article. This is from the courts. It says that, 
It says that the most recent event in this lawsuit took place on February 17th when Layden Stewart, senior trial counsel at Division of Enforcement at the SEC, wrote a letter to the judge. And it says down here, it says that after reviewing entry nine, the court found that the emails concerning the speech or draft versions are neither pre-decisional nor deliberative agency documents entitled to protection under deliberative process privilege. So translation, these are his personal opinions. So the judge said, well, then they're not privileged, hand them over. And it says, and it ordered the SEC to produce them other documents previously withheld based on this privilege. So basically, hey, we say they're privileged. Judge says, well, they're his personal opinions. And then, so they're not privileged. Well, the, he continues, this is where it gets good. Reconsideration of this aspect of the court's decision is warranted because the court based its decision on a single document relating to the speech, one that, def that defendants chose to highlight for the court and did not consider the 67 other emails attaching drafts of the speech that were before the court on defendant's motion. These additional documents, along with other matters available to the court described below, demonstrate that the speech was not merely peripheral to actual policy formation and was in fact an essential link in the SEC's deliberate process with respect to ether. So the speech itself and the many drafts and comments by SEC staff across different SEC divisions and offices deliberating the agency's approach to regulation of digital assets show that Director Hammond and other SEC staff use the speech to provide public guidance. No, blink you know what i'm saying like i have been reporting on this and if you go back you could see i gave you links for on the sec page that shows henman's speech that says this is how we figured it out and then the chair clayton of the sec at the time gave another speech at georgetown and said look at henman's speech for guidance come on you can't make this stuff up so anyway so that's your updates on the SEC lawsuit. Basically, SEC is saying it was guidance, and it's just like mind blown. I cannot believe it's taken a year for this to come out. And it just goes to show, like, if the SEC wants to drag their feet and make shit up, then they can. And it's like crazy. So anyway, uh, where does this leave things? Um, I don't know. It's going to leave. It's going to take some time to play out, but I will keep being a watchful eye. It seems to be good news that crypto is not a security. And if that's the case, then all the other ones that were released prior to this stuff are going to be grandfathered in, in theory, and all crypto will go to the moon. Woo. All right. All right, so we'll see. I'll keep a watchable eye. Tell me what you think. Do you think that you know we're interpreting this right, or do you think that we're missing something here? And uh, I would love to hear from you. Give me a comment, like, subscribe. Give me five stars. It doesn't help cost you anything, and it helps support me. So have a good day. Hot along.